Like I would just be done at the end and just so miserable. And I would look back on what could have been a really fun time. I would look back on it with misery. So make decisions with purpose. Welcome to the With a Dog podcast, the podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday I bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks. Essentially, life with a dog. Hello, my wonderful people with a dog. If you heard some background noise um, right there, that is my dog Lupin. Oh, there he goes again. He is trying to decide where to settle in the studio and, of course, decided to rearrange right as I pressed record, but it's a dog podcast, so we're rolling with it. Christmas episode or holiday episode, one week before Christmas. At this point, it's only a couple days before Christmas. First and foremost, happy holidays, everyone. I hope it has not been too stressful so far. I hope you are enjoying the holiday season, overindulging, leaning into it. I've been trying to do that myself. There has been like a teensy-weensy annoyance of the season, which is my torn Achilles, which all of you know. I got my stitches out. I can put a little weight on it now. I'm still on crutches, but like I can put my foot down while I'm using the crutches now. So I have like a modicum of freedom. And for someone who is used to being the one who actually like leads the Christmas events, the the holiday events, you know, hosting, cooking, doing all the presents, etc. It is very hard to relinquish control and then also make sure that everything gets done. You you know what I mean? It's it's been um it's been interesting. And I find that because of my leg injury, which I know this will change, you know, like even Next week, I'm allowed to put even more weight on my boot. And, you know, so so this is ever evolving, but I am very much at the whims of other people. Like, it's not up to me when I shower or run to the store or, oh, Lupin is up again. Or, you know, let the dog out of my office. Like, it's it's a whole process just for me to, like, get up and, like, crutch over to the door, let the dog out. It's it's a thing. So, um... Yeah, it's it just I find that a lot of my actions are not up to me, which has been quite frustrating and why this episode is coming out a day late. So thank you, everyone, for being understanding about my delayed episode. Not exactly how I wanted to round out the year, but we do have next week's episode still with Charlotte and Ashley, so we'll, we'll be able to bounce back. As far as life update wise, um, I kind of just gave it to you, but I've also been feeling... I don't know. I had like this whole mental breakdown um, <laughs> this week <laughs> because I think it, I think everything is finally caught up to me as far as ramifications of me hurting my leg, just everything being put on pause, etc. Which, as I know, as I've said, I'm not the first person to ever hurt my leg and like be on crutches. It's a very first world problem. But I'm kind of a big believer in signs. And especially at the end of the year, I'm just like, does this mean like, like everything was going so well. Like I was, I was achieving all the things I wanted to achieve with podcast, with our house projects, with me um, working out and like health things. 
my teeth, you know, like that was a whole debacle earlier in the year with my teeth. Like everything is going smoothly. And then I hurt my leg and everything is put on pause or canceled. It's hard not to assign some kind of meaning to that. Like it's hard not to think, oh, this is a sign that I was going in the wrong direction because that was the first time everything was going in the direction I thought it should have been in in a couple years. Like first time in a few years that I felt like so confident and happy with my actions. And so I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> some people may be listening to this and be like, yeah, I agree. And then other people may be like, Carly, you hurt your leg. Get over it. Like you, you'll be back to normal. Like you'll be back to walking in end of January. It'll be fine. But yeah, it's it's hard not to be like, is this the universe telling me to slow down? But I've been slowed down for the last couple of years. Or is this the universe telling me I am following the wrong path? Like my priorities should be different. The things that I should put my energy towards should be different. I don't know. Anyway, so that's another thing that's been on my mind lately. But I have very much been focusing on just holiday season, hanging out with family, overindulging in quite a few Christmas cookies and alcohol and, of course, Christmas movies, which, okay, I watched the Christmas Chronicles the other day. Wow. I think that Santa is my favorite portrayal of Santa. Not necessarily like the elves and everything, but like the sleigh, the costume, the how – I think it's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, like how they play – Mr. and Mrs. Claus. I mean, like, Santa, Daddy? What? Daddy? Like, it's a, it's a good movie, everyone. You should watch it. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. So that's me. That's what I've been up to. Let's move on to today's episode topic. This topic has been on my mind. So it's it's five things I wish, or like lessons I wish I knew when I was younger. So I'm phrasing it like that in the title because I don't want it to be like what I wish I knew in my 20s, even though that kind of is the thought. Um, <laughs> like it, it is one of those things like these are the things I've learned now that I'm in my 30s and I can really reflect back on and be like, God, I wish I knew that when I was younger. And if you are new to the With a Dog podcast and are like, why are we talking about life lessons? I thought we would talk about dogs. It's because as per mentioned, um, my leg injury. I'm just not talking to guests right now. So I'm doing a few like life-related episodes, things I just feel called to share, things that have been on my mind, doing that for the until the end of the year. And then I will be back to regular scheduled programming. Also, I need to say 30s is having like a full renaissance right now. I am here for it. There's so many women speaking out now about how life doesn't end once you're 30, which honestly, many people think and not end, but just like, you're now 30. Now you are a mom. Now you're doing kids or you're now 30. You're not hot anymore. Or you're now 30. Why aren't you married? Why aren't you achieving whatever in your career? Like, it, it's this whole ideology of 30s is the end of having fun is, is basically what it is when it comes down to. Like you're not having fun anymore, you're a responsible adult, you're not super hot anymore, guys aren't hitting on you. Like that's the thought around 30s. And so many women, like celebrities, media, all of that are speaking out about how much they love being in their 30s, how they feel 
so much more themselves and are so much happier. Their life got so much better when they got into their 30s. And I am just soaking all of that up and absolutely loving it. And I want to jump on that train, which is why I'm not phrasing it like things I wish I knew in my 20s. Because yes, like it would have been nice to realize some of these life lessons. But I think the beauty and the part of loving aging and learning is like that's what makes your 30s different and cool and awesome is that you do now know these items these things, these lessons. So I really try to collect all of my thoughts into five overarching themes, but I am thinking of doing a deep dive on each point, maybe in future like mini episodes. I don't know. We'll see how that pans out because I think there's a lot to deep dive into each of these lessons and a lot of examples through my own personal experience and just in like pop culture and quotes and articles written about these things. So I think it'd be fun to do more of like 20 minute deep dive into each thing, maybe in the next year, like one a month or something, who knows, but I'll try to keep it concise in this episode. And also I do want to just like kind of disclaimer, I'm not doing this to preach, but just to share. I hope it resonates with you. If it does, like definitely reach out and let me know if you agree with these things or if you feel like you didn't learn these lessons in your 20s or you are in your 20s and this was helpful or maybe not helpful. Either way, I'd love to hear what you guys thought about it. And then also, I'd love it if you share this episode too. If you have a younger sister, sibling, cousin, friend, whatever, who you think or or older, who knows? If you have anyone in your life you think that they would like this episode, or even if you just want to get their opinion on it, definitely encourage you to share it. That would be a wonderful Christmas present to me (laughs) if you guys want to share any episode that I've done throughout the podcast. It's been almost three years now, so many episodes to choose from. Send an episode to a friend, share it on your Instagram stories, whatever you want. It's very, very helpful to me and also really means a lot. Thank you even just for listening in the first place. I'll do more of like an end of the year love you guys uh, next week. So let's get into the lessons. And (laughs) it sounds this is gonna the way I'm phrasing it is gonna sound really depressing. Um, But it's also one of the most freeing ideologies that I've come across. And it's everything is fake. And what I mean by this is that especially in this day and age, everything is so easy to fake especially with social media, with, you know, fast fashion, advancements in plastic surgery, like it's all smoke and mirrors. And that was something I had to realize as I got older, you know, I would see other people and I would just look at them and be like, oh my God, they must be so rich. Like, look how nice that coat is or their makeup is flawless. Like, look at their skin. It is flawless. How can they not have any texture to their skin or any wrinkle at all? Yeah, because it's fake. Like, that coat that looks very expensive, it looks very expensive in the social media picture that they took. Maybe it was fast fashion from Shein, but they posed it in the right way that it looks super cool. And their face, yeah, it's Botox or it's laser plastic surgery, it's microbladed eyebrows, it's lip fillers. I know there's some very naturally beautiful people out there, don't get me wrong. But guys, the way I thought people just naturally looked perfect, 
I, I thought it was all natural. I mean, there's some there's some examples where you're like like a celebrity or something or like Kardashians. You know that they get certain treatments to look the way they do. But even just like the pretty girl on Instagram or something or the YouTube makeup tutorial people. You know when they have no makeup on and then they like at the beginning of their tutorial and you're like, wow, your skin is amazing. Like it's just like this like glass, dewy, like how does it look like that? And now I'm older, I realize, oh, they have Botox or their face is so exfoliated to within an inch of its life that it's not healthy. I don't know. This sounds so obvious, but I swear where it's something you don't think about until you get older and until you start looking into all of these things or until, you know, people start being more authentic and saying like, yeah, I get Botox or yeah, I got a facelift or whatever. And then you start realizing like, oh, everything is fake in a good way. Like it's very freeing and because it allows you to think like, okay, if I want to put the time and money into my looks like they do, I could. Like I could look like those people if I want to. And then there's something freeing and doubling it back and being like, I don't know if I want to. Like I don't I don't know if that's how I want to use my time and money. Like that's their choice to look the way they do. And you you kind of come to this like satisfaction of where you are because you realize that it's all smoke and mirrors. I think this is another aspect of this because what I was just focusing on is a little bit more like body wise. I was kind of saying like Botox and plastic surgery. I mean, that even applies like to BBLs and, you know, lipo. And I mean, there's so many things that people can get done to themselves. But let's switch it over to fashion. In my teens and 20s, no one would call me fashionable. Like until until I was probably like 28, then I think I started learning how to dress myself and being confident in what I wore. A large part of this was London um, and just seeing like different fashion and having access to the type of fashion that I liked as well and having paid off my student loans, et cetera, having a little bit more money to play with and to buy the things I wanted to buy. And I'm not talking designer here. I'm talking of like I could have like, you know, three or four coats that I rotate between rather than like the one Costco coat that I wore for years in my early 20s. So going back to everything is fake within fashion, I kind of already did the example of like, it's easy to fake quality, especially on social media. But also, I think that everything is fake line that I'm using also applies to things don't come naturally. You see an image or you see a friend maybe you hadn't seen in a while and they just look so good. Like they just like are dialed in with their fashion and everything. And I've learned that the people who look good put the effort in. Like it's as simple as that. I honestly thought that people were just naturally hot and naturally super fashionable. And because they had that hot body, they were able to look good in clothes and that it took very little effort on their part to look good. Don't get me wrong. There are certain people out there like that that just naturally and effortlessly look amazing. But the percentage of people, the people who naturally just look conventionally beautiful and fashionable, that's like 5% of the people. Everyone else puts the work in. And that's the fake part, is that it seems like they're not putting the work in, but they are. And so going back to what I said about like no one would have called me fashionable in my earlier days, that's because I 
I thought it just didn't come. It, it wasn't for me. It didn't come naturally for me. I was like, nope, Carly, like you're broke. You don't have the conventionally perfect body type to fit into a lot of clothes. You have to only buy what's quote unquote flattering, which is a whole nother topic. And like you, you can't look good basically was the thought. Like that's not for you. But then I started seeing more and more Instagram, YouTube, whatever, people with with my body type dressing really fashionable. Or maybe I would see more day-in-the-life vlogs of all of those people I thought it came naturally to, and they would be like putting on their jewelry at the beginning of the day, doing their hair and makeup. And I'm like, oh, like they are they're putting work in. This this sounds, I know everyone is probably listening like duh, but I promise you. I did not realize this. Like I was just like, nope, I'm I'm going to be the dog mom covered in dog hair and I'm never going to look good and I'm going to work at the shelter and wear my Costco rain jacket for the rest of my life. Which if you want to do that, great. But I think for me getting older, the lesson I learned is that the people who look good put the work in to look good. And I could do that as well if I do to choose to. So everything is fake. All right, moving on to next lesson. This was a big one for me and it encompasses a lot, but making decisions with purpose or like make decisions with purpose. That is a lesson. As I said, it encompasses so much, but there's a few main points. One, you don't have to say yes to everything. And I think that's a platitude that you've heard over and over, especially in like the self-care space of like, hold your boundaries, don't say yes to everything, etc. But I personally, I had to come to the realization of you don't have to do something. Like if you don't feel like doing something, you don't have to do it, which in some ways is very privileged. Like I'm not saying that if you don't want to go to work, you just don't have to, but make decisions with purpose. So if someone invites you to something, it's okay to be like, let me think about it. And it's okay to say no. It's okay to purposefully be like, do I actually want to go to this party and weigh the pros and cons in your mind? And if you don't want to go, then you don't have to go. And this was such a lesson for me because my family growing up is very social. And growing up, we always had a lot of commitments. And some of those commitments were, of course, things we brought on ourselves, like as kids, you know, we've got water polo games and soccer games and practices and piano lessons and school dance, the list goes on. But also my family, my parents were very social and they have a large group of friends. And so there was always, we have dinner at so-and-so's house and then we've got church in the morning and we've got walking of 5K because... Another friend is is putting it on for what some odd charity. So there's just lots of things that we always were doing. It made for a great childhood. But then as an adult in your 20s, I think I had been conditioned to to say yes to everything, to fill my schedule. Because if someone was nice enough to invite me to something, the idea that my family always subscribed to was that you had to show up. Like if they were nice enough to invite you, you had to kind of like you had to say yes. And if you wanted to maintain your friendships and your relationships, you had to see those people regularly. You had to say yes to their events and support them, which I think is a great lesson. But I had to realize that it's okay to say no. And it's okay to 
really think through each event and say like, do I want to go to this? Or is it just going to add more stress to me? Because it's so much better to say, I'm so sorry, I can't go at the get go rather than cancel a couple hours before because you're just so overwhelmed and you knew it wasn't a good idea to go to this event in the first place. And I have an example of this over the summer back with my parents. I was in Tahoe for a few weeks and I think many of you saw on my Instagram stories, I went to this like celebrity golf tournament that my aunt had tickets to. I know nothing about golf. I do not care about golf. And the only reason I was slightly interested in going was because it sounded like there was free booze and you saw celebrities. However, I really thought about it because I was like, God, I don't even care about golf. We're going to be there like the whole day. I'm going to have to talk to people I don't know and probably won't meet again. And and so I did it with purpose. So I did go. It was a multiple day event. I went for one day. I drove myself, like my parents and sister had already gone. I drove myself, went for the allotted amount of time that I was okay going. Like I saw the celebrities I wanted to see, did have to, you know, talk to people and stuff that I couldn't care less about. And I should say, I was very thankful that I was able to get a ticket. Like that was very kind that it was extended to me as well. Like I don't want to sound ungrateful, but I'm saying for me to enjoy the event and for me to look back on it, I had to do it my way and I had to do it in a way that was purposeful to me rather than just going along with what everyone's plan was. So I went, saw the celebrities I wanted to see, drove myself home. And the next day when yet another group of friends came and they all went and and it would have been actually really fun to join them. But I knew that like my cup was full. Like I, I did it. I did the golf thing. We're done now. I sat at home and I watched their dogs. Like I, I was like, I'll just dog sit for you guys while you can, so you can go the whole day at this golf thing. And my, I remember my parents being like, are you sure? Are you sure? And everyone being like, we're going to miss you. And I was like, you guys have such a great time. But I, I was just so confident in my decision of like, no, this is, this is the way I need to do it to make sure that I am mentally and emotionally functioning. That may have been a really long example, but what I'm just saying is like I I made that decision with purpose and I said no and I did the parts that I needed to do. And so it's like I still showed up. I was there. I can say – I can look back and say I had a great time with my family, but I can also say that I I can walk away knowing that I wasn't like miserable at the end of it. Many times in my life, whether it's a working a long shift and then going to a networking event or just going along with – the plan of the family and being there for so long and whatever, like I would just be done at the end and just so miserable. And I would look back on what could have been a really fun time. I would look back on it with misery. So make decisions with purpose. And part of and that subsection is like, you can say no to things or you can change the plans to your needs. And I think honestly, um, not to play the gender card too, but I think there is a thing with like women and us always saying yes to things. That That's definitely an aspect to this. Like, oh, it's so-and-so's birthday party. Like, yes, I'll come. But it's not just, yeah, I'll be there. It's I'll be there with a gift or a housewarming or I'll be there and I'll be like the most supportive and and happy to be there. Like, there's this thing with women that I think we we say yes to things and then we also go over the top. And so I'm trying to be purposeful purposeful about when I say yes to things, to those things, and like when 
I go over the top and and recognize that it's like, is this me just like doing what I was conditioned to do? Or is this me like actually wanting to be here at this event and actually wanting to support this person? Just another thing to think about for all the for all the women listeners. And I do want to add a caveat. There's sometimes that yes, you are you're gonna have to say yes to things that you really don't want to do. That's okay too. Like as much as I'm like, oh, be purposeful and say no to things, there are gonna be times when you are going to stretch yourself thin, but you're going to know it and you're going to be purposeful about it. You're going to say, this is going to be absolutely miserable working this double shift and then going to this networking event, but I'm going to do it because I know I need a better job. Or for example, when we first moved to London, I had to I said yes to every single thing and I was proposing social things. Like I'm not a social person, like I am a homebody, but the way I was actively doing something every single day just to meet people, just to like learn this new city and make connections. I was saying yes to everything, but I knew that I had to do that in order to find my place in the city. And then things did slow down, you know, after six months or so. Okay. So that's my little caveat. Next part of making decisions with purpose. Oh my God, this is already going so long. Um, is eating. You know, there's that whole trope of women can't decide where they want to eat. I fully think that we can decide where we want to eat. It's that we have 20 different voices in our head saying, well, you ate the cheeseburger for lunch. And so that means you should probably have a salad for dinner. And well, you know, I know my partner or whoever I'm getting food with had pizza for lunch. Like, I really want pizza, but they just had it so so maybe we won't have it. And then you get into the – I shouldn't be speaking for all women, but I swear. I think this is the the truth and I know this is my truth where I have all of those voices in my head saying like, well, you know, like counteracting what I actually want. More often than not, I know the exact food I want. I just don't know if I should have it or if I, I don't know if that's the right decision. With make decisions with purpose, like why do you crave what you crave? Actually look inside yourself and think – what do I actually want? And then decide to go for it or not. More often than not, I say go for it. So there you go. Make decisions with purpose. Last part of this one, I swear this is this is the longest of all of the lessons. Last like subsection of making decision with purpose is holding your ground. So this is for boundaries with other people. And it's basically kind of saying like stand up for what you believe in. And there's a few quotes that really resonated with me. One is, if you're not saying something, you're not saying anything. I think this could be really useful for, you know, anyone dealing with family members or something this this Christmas, this holiday season. You can decide, you know, if they say something a little not politically correct or it goes against something that you really believe in, you can decide whether to say something or not. But for me... I never would have said something. I would have just like nodded along and laughed and then been really had a bad taste in my mouth for, you know, basically the whole next year until I saw that family member again. And so for me, if you're not saying something, you're not saying anything. For me, I've learned how to use my voice and do it in a, in a good way, you know, not in like a harsh, angry way, but just to say like, mm, I don't know if I agree with that. And, and 
present your argument. Obviously, there may or may not be consequences depending on how that person reacts. But at least you can walk away knowing that you stood up for what you believed in. There's another great T. Swift quote that um, represents this. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's a friend to all is a friend to none. And that's like a lyric in one of her songs. I was like, oh, damn, because I mean, I am that person who wants to get along with everyone. It's been very rare that I have not gotten along with someone or at least we're on like neutral acquaintance grounds with them. And so a friend to all is a friend to none. And so that was the lesson that I had with like make your making decisions with purpose slash holding your ground, like setting your boundaries, being purposeful about what you say. And so for me, it was being purposeful about actually saying something when someone says something I don't like. And that's, as I said, it's not in my nature to contradict and cause problems. Don't get me wrong. I mean, with my family members, I'll, I'll get in <laughs> with my like close family members. I'll definitely contradict them and, and you know, argue with them if I don't think they're right, because I it's always been a safe space between like us four, like my immediate family. But with anyone else outside of that group, like I would not want to cause problems. But I realize that as the world gets more politically volatile and there are things that as an adult you start to believe in, you start to put your backing behind and you're like, this is a civil rights issue that I support or this is a woman's issue that I support. So it's hold your ground is, is the lesson and per- be purposeful with holding your ground. Maybe some people listening to this is like, that's never been an issue. Like, I have no problem standing up for what I believe in. But that was something I had to learn. So this is why lessons that I wish I knew when I was younger. I put all of these things under the umbrella of be purposeful with your decisions, because I think it is an active decision to hold your boundaries or communicate in a certain way or show up at events a certain way, etc. It's It's just all about like thinking things through and being purposeful with what you say, what you do. Okay. Next lesson. This one, I'm going to try to keep it a little bit more quick. There is beauty in normalcy. So basically that w- what that means is like, it's fine to be average. And part of that is your job and your grades don't matter. I'm not saying that is as in like a don't try hard in life, but I literally thought I would not be loved if I didn't have a good job and good grades. Like I, that was my thought process growing up. Not that I was never not loved. It's not like I was the star valedictorian or anything. But I honestly was like, you will get nowhere in life unless you get a good job. And part of that was, you know, get good grades to get a good job. And I just, I don't know, the, the way that that led me until I was maybe like 25, the way that... I (laughs) felt so much shame and sadness that I was working like basically a, you know, hourly shift job when I was 24 at an animal shelter. Even though I was following my passion of like what I wanted to do, I was also, you know, constantly looking for better jobs and, and trying to make it sound like I was better than what I was when I would talk to, you know, anyone. And I was doing informational interviews with higher up people in various shelters throughout Seattle. Part of me is like, good on you, Carly, you know, like you pat on the back. 
But I did it from a place of not wanting to like better myself, but, but I did it from a place of shame and like embarrassment that, oh, I don't have a good job. Like I'm not making good money where I'm going to like run the world. As you get older, and especially the 30s thing, no one cares. I mean, I tell people like, yeah, I have a podcast and like, no, I don't make any money. And they're like, that's cool. And it's just like, that's cool that you're following what you want to do and you like your job and you're following your passion. No one cares once you get older. And if you're surrounded by people who do care, like, I'm sorry, but they're just not your people. So that's what I mean by like, there's beauty in normalcy. And there's a quote that I really, um, really loved. It was actually, I think it was on the first episode of The White Lotus, um, season one. And it was like the dad who said, growing, and I'm paraphrasing, but growing up, every kid wants to be the hero of the story. But once you've grown up, you're just happy you're not the villain. And oh my God, if that is not, that's why I wrote the quote down because I was like, that is exactly how I feel. And there's something so freeing in that. I really don't want this to sound like, oh, don't try hard and like it's bad if you succeed in certain areas. Are you a good person? You are? Great. That's all you need. Like, (laughs) that is all you need. Just be happy you're not the villain. Like, just don't be a bad person. And if you're able to love your family and friends and be kind and be a good person, you don't need to be the hero. You don't need to be the next president or the celebrity or, I mean, if that's what you truly want, then go for it. But don't do it out of a place of, I need to be better than I am because being normal and being average is great. Be the main character in your whole, in your own story, of course, but main character is different than being the hero. Once you've grown up, you're happy you're not the villain. So that's what I mean by like beauty and normalcy and being average. As you can, as you can tell, I started with the long ones first. So next lesson now is, and this kind of bleeds into the last one, but Other people don't matter, only your actions and thoughts matter. So this one is kind of hard to explain, but what I mean is how you lead your life and how you respond and treat others is all that matters. So the last one is more about like, it's okay to be average, it's okay to be normal. Now this is like how you react to life and how you regulate your emotions is the only thing that matters. So to caveat that, I mean, obviously, if your friend tells you that you hurt their feelings by saying by something you said, of course, that matters. But the feelings you have when you walk out your door in the morning, that's all that matters. Like, as you're walking your dog, do you see the beautiful flowers on someone's porch? Do you think, oh, my gosh, those are gorgeous flowers. I wonder who lives there. They did a really good job. Or do you think... Well, yeah, I'd love to put flowers on my front porch too, but I don't have the time or money. So that's what I mean of like two very different points of view, two very different thought processes. Or what I mean by what someone else says or thinks doesn't matter. If someone says to you, I love your dress, where'd you get it? Do you respond with, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I got it at this store. Or Do you respond with, oh, I don't know. It's just like something I had. Uh." Then internally think like, oh, my God, do they actually like the dress or were they just being fake nice or 
are they going to judge me because it was kind of from an expensive store? Are they going to think that that I'm really shallow because I spend a lot of money? So that's that's kind of two examples that I can think of. It's just like it doesn't matter what other people think. It's how you respond. It's like it's how you're mentally responding to things or verbally. It's It's about seeing joy, I guess, and like thinking optimistically. I don't want the lesson to be like, always be happy. But it's just like how you respond to stuff is all that matters in the world. So like, yeah, even if that person did mean their comment a little about your dress a little cattily, that doesn't matter because you're wearing the dress, you're in it, and you can be like, oh, thanks, and literally not give it a second thought. So even if someone is being intentionally mean, like you can rise above that and water off a duck's back. And part of this is a little bit of like seeing joy in everything. You know, I came across a, a picture of Zendaya the other day and it was her clutching her, um, God, was it an Emmy or Golden Globe? I don't know. One of her awards for Euphoria. And I looked at it and I was like, God, good for her. That's so cool. Like, that's so cool. You know, she's really grown up in the industry and look at her so young and doing so well. And what a beautiful dress. I definitely think if I was, I don't know, seven years younger, in my 20s, I would have seen that picture and I would have said, oh my God, she's like my age. I can't believe that she looks so good. Like, how does her skin look like that? And and she's getting this award. Like, what the fuck have I done today? I like fed a couple dogs. Like, that, that would have been my thought process. And so the switch is what I'm talking about, is like seeing joy and seeing, saying like, good for you, realizing that whatever they're doing, whatever they're thinking has no reflection on me. It's all about how I respond to something. So that's, what is that? Lesson number three, four. So that's lesson number four. Only your actions and thoughts matter. Okay, last one, guys. And this one has been the most freeing in certain aspects. The lesson is realizing the longevity of actions. I don't, it's, it's really hard to verbalize. But what I mean by that is as you get older, you notice the longevity of things, whether that is clothes or money or actions you take. Like you, you notice the changing of the tides, like you notice trends come and go. And then you also notice that or realize that you are going to be taking certain actions that will impact you when you're 60. And I don't think when you're in your 20s or when you're younger, you see it like that. You know, maybe you are like, oh, my gosh, my, you know, my face is breaking out, but I have a dance in two weeks and I really need to look good. Like, and then you start doing like face masks and blah, blah, blah. Like you see things in such a short period of time. It's just like from one event to the next, like, okay, I have family vacation in August, which means I need to lose like 15 pounds by then and I need to have the best bikini and blah, blah, blah. Like it's all just temporary. And the consistency aspect for me has been really hard to grasp. And I don't think I've grasped it until until I got older, like until I, I was nearing my 30s of I will be working out or being active in some way every day for the rest of my life, or I will be doing my skincare routine 
every day for the rest of my life. And having that realization is like, oh my gosh, you know, so it's not, oh, I'm going to do my skincare routine because I have this event coming up or I'm not, it's not, I'm going to be working out really hard because I have this, you know, I need to be in a bikini. All these examples don't sound really shallow, but just what I mean is like, I'm not prepping for an event. I will be doing this every day for the rest of my life because I want to, you know, play with my grandchildren or be able to take vacations when I'm old and be active and healthy. That has allowed me to be so much more consistent in my actions, in every action. And also, it has allowed me to be inconsistent. So what I mean by that is it realizing that I'm going to be putting on this, you know, retinol or whatever skincare every day for the rest of my life means that I don't feel the huge amount of pressure if I miss a couple days because I know I have thousands of days ahead of me doing that same action. So that's what I mean by like, be consistent. So all of my consistency actions have come so much more easy because it's it's now like brushing your teeth. It's like you do this, you do this every day, no matter what. You are active, you're working out every day, no matter what. It doesn't mean you're like killing yourself every day. I'm not like doing a orange theory class every day. But it doesn't feel like such a burden to do that thing every day. And then, as I said, if I miss a couple days, I'm like, whatever. Uh, Like, there's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no stress put on myself. Okay, you know, for one friend's baby shower, you don't look super cute. You don't have a super cute outfit. But you know what? You're going to be going to events for the rest of your damn life. Okay, whatever. If one doesn't look cute, one picture, that's fine because you'll have a cute outfit for the next one. So that's what I mean by it's like if you're consistent, you're also allowed to be inconsistent. I don't know. It's just it's extremely freeing and extremely found so much more enjoyment out of life by learning that because I've released a lot of pressure I put on myself. And also I do want to reference too, just because you notice the longevity of things, you also notice trends and like the tides changing too. You know, you notice certain fashion trends that kind of come in and out of popularity. You notice hairstyles, political opinions, like, et cetera. Like, you just notice this, like, changing of the tides. And I'm not saying that that's a reason for complacency. Like, oh, nothing matters because it comes in and out of fashion. But it is a little bit freeing. Like, growing up, silver jewelry was super in fashion. You know, everyone had that, like, damn necklace with the heart on it from, like, Tiffany's or something. Um, that was that was silver and, like, the silver charm bracelets. And then gold got in fashion, and that which was my favorite. Like, I always liked gold jewelry, but I never felt like I could wear it because it wasn't fashionable. Gold was in fashion for the last, like, you know, 10 years, let's say. Now silver is back. And there's something very freeing of me knowing that, like, okay, like, silver's back. That's cool because gold will be back eventually too as well. So it's just you're just noticing the longevity of things and and it releases pressure, it releases stress. You know, I dyed my hair brown in god like sophomore year of of college. Like I've always been blonde, dyed it brown sophomore year and was like, "Oh, this is the only time like I'm in college, this is the only time I'm going to be able to be like free and do fun things with my hair." And then now here I am 10 years later, dyed it dark brown again because I realized like you have so many years in your life, like who cares? Do do whatever the heck you want. And so you just, 
you see how long life hopefully is that allows you to be both consistent and sometimes inconsistent. And that allows you to take advantage of certain trends, knowing that your other thing will be back in eventually. So that's my last lesson. Notice how long life really is. Thank you, everyone, for <laughs> listening to this. Tell me if it re- resonated with you. We've got everything is fake. Make your decisions on purpose. There is beauty in normalcy. Only your thoughts and actions matter. And notice how long life is. Those are the lessons I covered today. Um Thank you all for listening through these. As I said, I don't want it to sound like I'm preaching. So I really hope that it didn't come off as like a self-help book. I know that I don't know (laughs) any more than anyone else out there. But I personally have learned so much from other people sharing their experiences. It just opens my mind more. It makes me think. So I hope this episode was able to do that for you guys too. As I said, I want to do deep dive on some other things because I have more examples for each one. And though I I feel like I really, (laughs) I went quite long on a lot of these. So thank you so much for listening. Happy holidays, you guys. I'll be back next week with Charlotte and Ashley to do a fun end of the year episode. And if you enjoy this podcast, make sure you follow, subscribe, rate and review. Follow me on Instagram. It's with a dog podcast or Carly with a dog. And I'll see you next week. Bye. All content on the with a dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer or behaviorist.